It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. This is another episode of Frontline Friday with my very special guest, Bridget Gleason. Bridget, how are you today? Andy, I am doing great this morning. How are you? Good. How was your run? My run was good. I'm glad you know that I am a uh, very routine-oriented, some would say like a little white rat, do the same thing over and over, so had a great, great run today. So do you run through a maze like a white rat? Well, if you consider running through uh, streets, because I like to stay where it's lit, because it's dark, yeah, uh, maybe a bit of a maze. <laughs> and do you vary your path? Let's see how much of a, a creature of habit you are. Do you vary your I'm, path or I'm, you run the same route every day? I have uh, three or four, like during the week, three or four different routes that I choose from. But I do one of those three to four routes. And part of it is is... Well, part of it's because I'm a creature of habit. The second is that I know exactly how long it takes. Mm-hmm. And so if I, if I have a time constraint, which I often do, I just like to know that, you know, I know if I leave at this time, I'm going to get back at this time. And that tends to be important for me in the morning during the week. The weekends, um, it's much more varied. Okay. And do you ever run the routes backwards? Not running yes. backwards, but yes. reverse the yes. direction. Okay. Yes, I do. Got to keep the mind active while you run. All right. So, what were, what were you listening to on your run this morning? Um, I was listening to uh, a book by Mark. I think no. it's Mark Goldstein, and the name of the book is uh, "Going to Pieces Without Falling Apart." Some may think, "Wow." What's going on in your life that you're reading going to pieces without falling apart? It's just, it's a really interesting book, Mark Epstein, on uh, just meditation and mindfulness. It's, it's, a, it's a great, great book. And it, it, things like this I like to read to keep myself in the mental state that I need to be in where I am both uh, relaxed and happy and content, but also high-performing and being able to really contribute at the level that I want to contribute at. Okay. All right. We have a mini book club that we just went through with uh, How to Go to Pieces Without Falling Apart by Mark Epstein. Okay. On my list. Really great book. Okay. Add it to the list. Add it to the list. I've got a long list right now because I'm doing a lot of research for my next book. And so, yeah, I've got, uh, unfortunately, I have a a lot of plane travel coming up. So I'll be doing a lot of reading. See me on a plane, and I've got my nose in my iPad. I'm researching. And we'll know not to. We'll know not to uh, not to bother you. Yeah. Well, I've got my headphones on anyway, so yeah. I, <laughs> a lot of times, I'm not very approachable on the planes. So, um, all right. So today, let's let's talk about a specific aspect of sales leadership because. When you hear this term, sales leader, sales leadership, leadership in general, we tend to think that this is all about people that have sort of you know management responsibility, and and I think in sales that that sales and I've written about this that sales leadership really begins with the individual. 
the salesperson themselves. Because, and sort of the, when I'd first written about this, sort of the inspiration was this article I'd read about uh, Delta Airlines and a quote one of the executives had given or was in the article saying that yet each of Delta's 80,000 employees have the opportunity to be leaders in how they handle unpredictable situations, how they use the company's resource, and how they take care of the customer. And I was reading that, I thought, well, gosh, that's a perfect definition of sales leadership, right? Salespeople must be able to adapt to changing requirements, the prospects, be able to help them by leading them to make a good decision, be able to bring to bear the resources of the company to make that happen. And so for me, sales leadership starts at the individual level. I would agree with that 100%. Right, we're done. Let's talk to you next time. Yeah, okay, so okay, so let's go back to talking about running. No, so you know, the thing that I often talk to people on my teams about is this notion of leadership, particularly individuals that have aspirations to move into a leadership role. And I I talk about the same thing, that there are lots of ways to demonstrate leadership and to be a leader that doesn't have anything to do with a formal position or a hierarchy. Without being a manager. But rather, I'm sorry? Without being a manager. Yeah, you don't need to be a a manager to be a leader. Correct. And a lot of it is just how are you... How do you interact and how are you perceived by peers and people who you don't have uh, authority, so to speak, over? And so I agree. There, there are. I encourage them to think of ways to lead without having the position, the formal position. And I think that's what the, that's what you're also referring to. And I love that that you have a that the airlines, that the individuals have an opportunity to demonstrate leadership just in the way that they interact with uh, customers and, and passengers and people that they're, that they're uh, working with, uh, their peers. Yeah, well, a, a classic definition of leadership sort of revolves around this idea of inspiring others to take actions based on the actions of the leader themselves. So, I mean, I always love this quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson, you know, what you do speak so loudly, I cannot hear what you say. So, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And it's, so it's really applicable to a salesperson. So if you're a sales professional and you're listening to the show, which I know you do is, is, you know, you are the frontline sales leader. You know, it's, it's your, responsibility to inspire the buyer to go on this journey with you, which is going to culminate in an order. Yeah, and it could be, are, are we inspiring them to go on the journey with us? Or are, I sort of think we're on their journey. Well, it is, but it's a journey we're taking together. But it's a journey. So, so, but it, I, I agree with the inspirational part. Are we, can we inspire them to allow them to let us help lead them along the journey, along the journey that they're already on? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's, that's a, a very powerful, that's a very powerful concept. 
And a lot of it starts with this idea of being in service to the customer. I mean, it's not, you know, some of the times people think, well, gosh, if I'm serving somebody, I'm not really leading them, right? I mean, but, but actually you do. You know, doesn't it, it, God, it gets back to that, Andy, this, this term, um, servant leadership, or mm-hmm. s- servant style leadership. And it, and it does get back to that, but there's also a lot about leadership that is really about serving, and I always feel like while I may have the title of a manager or someone may have a director title or a v- VP title, that title actually is just, it's, I, I serve the people who work for me. I work for them in some ways and in more ways that my job is, is to create this environment where they can be successful. And I've often said and told uh, my teams that my job is not to motivate, but my job is to create an environment where motivated people can be successful. And so in that way, I see myself very much as a servant leader, Mm -hmm. that I've got to lay the groundwork so that they they can be successful. And in the same way, individuals on sales teams, um, can also demonstrate leadership sort of in, in that same way, in the way that they extend help to colleagues and are uh, share best practices. There's a, there's a lot they can do around that, the servant concept of leadership that I think goes a long way. And it also goes back to what you talked about, is creating this environment where motivated individuals can succeed, is that you're creating a, an environment where people can feel empowered to take initiative, demonstrate leadership, to make things happen. I'm always struck by reading a book like Band of Brothers or uh, any of the other Ambrose books that were those oral histories of what happened on Mm -hmm. D-Day and Stephen Ambrose's books about D-Day and World War II and and, uh, the invasion of Normandy and, and... there's one part that really stood out for me that somebody was sort of comparing and contrasting what, what made the American soldier so effective, you know, the common soldier. And it was this feeling of being empowered, if not also trained to take command, show leadership when the situation arose without being told specifically what to do, right? Whereas contrasting with other armies, the command and control structure is so stiff that than rigid that, uh, you know, soldiers in certain situations, uh, you know, perish because they're waiting for commands from, from their leaders as opposed to sort of the expectation we have. I mean, it's part of our culture as well in the country is, is yeah, you're in the situation. Step up. Yeah, and that's, that's an important one, Andy, in sales because there are, you can have a sales process that's defined. You can have messaging that's laid out. You can have assets that are delivered. You can. There's a lot that the company and an organization can provide to a salesperson. But in the moment, there are things that there's that one-on-one interaction. And as you say, that's when it's time to step up and think on your feet and and be prepared and all these other things that uh, nobody can do for you. And 
like you said, it's a great place to exhibit leadership, even if it's just in that interaction between you and a prospect or you and a customer. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, we have you, this. you assumed that 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 role. Yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to step on you, but there we have this this idea that's seemingly pervasive, becoming a little more pervasive, quite frankly, in sales as we bring more automation and and so on to the task is that. Everything's reduced to a process, and the process replicates you know, every sales situation perfectly one to the next. As you said, you know, we've got to find process. And that's all great until you actually talk to the customer because it's a person talking to a person. And no two sales transactions, at least in my experience, have ever been identical. You know, it's like uh, the expression you know, Mike Tyson had about, you know, everybody has a plan to fight me until I hit them in the face, right? And, um, you know, it's like once you really confront the customer, then, yeah, the script goes out the window to a certain degree. I mean, it'll take you so far, but at some point, unless you have a real highly transactional sale and you're just, you know, it's either a close, no close on the first call, if you have any sort of complexity to the sale, it's, it's going to be on its own path, the deal. And... The prospect. And that's what's so much fun about sales is it's, it's being able to, on one hand, recognize patterns and be able to use, see where the commonality is and use that as a path to make things move along more easily or with less friction. But then also, what is the uniqueness of this individual in this sale in this environment that sometimes it's very nuanced, but those nuances can be the difference between closing a deal and not. And that is what I love also about sales is that for the most part, it's not cookie cutter. There's a lot of similarities, but it also, it's you and I've talked uh, on more than one occasion about uh, people who say the salesperson is is going away, that they're going to be obsolete, we're not going to need them. But as long as people are involved, humans are involved in on the buy side, I believe that humans will be involved also on the, on the sell side. And that's what makes it so interesting. Well, arguably, you can make the case. And I, I just spoke this week with, uh, interviewed Brent Adamson, who co-author of The Challenger Sale and The Challenger Customer, and if, you, and if you haven't read the Challenger Customer, not just you, Bridget, you may have, but anybody listening, I really urge them to read that book. Uh, you know, I like the Challenger Sale, but I, I'm a big fan of the Challenger Customer. I'm a, I, to me, I'm a much better book. But the message is that, you know, not, you know, we've talked about this idea, or it's, you know, sort of become common in just in the last year or so since I published the book, that, you know, 5.4 stakeholders in every decision and based on their latest research actually Brent told me this week that that number is now 6.8 based on their research with you know, large B2B complex sales environments buying environments so you think about the point that they make in the book that's not that there are that number of people but it's how diverse those people are in their roles and responsibilities and the perspectives they bring to this task of buying something and, yeah, it's really hard to say, okay, we've got a process that we can map out well in advance 
that is going to be adhered to by this organization that's buying this product or service from us. It's just, it's impossible because you're dealing with humans. And these humans are not all from the same department, they're all the same background, same agendas, same perspectives. So, you know, this idea of the sales professional as the leader really becomes even more important when you start looking at these environments where you have this large expanding number, not just a large number, but an expanding number of stakeholders that you have to bring together and get a consensus from in order to move forward to an order. Andy, I haven't read The Challenger Customer. And now I'm really, I mean, I'm intrigued by it. What is the, I mean, you've talked a little bit about it just right now, but basic premise, net-net, what is it? Uh, what, how, what, what is that book? Well, I, probably net net is that they sort of turn the, the table and they're saying that what's really happening in, in you know, larger organizations, enterprise that are um, you know, going through these, these purchases is that, yeah, that they don't really have a process, right? You know, they... The problem is, is oftentimes when they go and start a, a program is to buy a product or service, is they don't really know necessarily know at the beginning who these stakeholders are that are going to be involved. Mm. So it's it's right. So he, and he they do a great job laying out the different. They sort of categorize different types of stakeholders and and it's mapped back eventually to sort of the challenge for sale in terms of how you identify the right ones to. To um, to lead basically right to the, to work with and uh, yeah it's it's um, I said it's almost more of a problem they almost position more of a problem from the customer's perspective they have a challenge buying hmm. and so how do we how do we map what we do from a selling standpoint onto their challenges how do we help them get to the point you know as a, a statistic that I talk about in the book that. You know, for CEOs who, based on the research they talk about, oftentimes sort of say, you know, we don't, you know, we know what's going on, but we don't, we don't make that sort of that decision, right? Or is that the decision is not most important about, is it the optimum technical solution, the optimum business solution for us? Is it a solution that I can get buy-in from my organization? That's a, that's a more important criteria to them. So that buy-in really relates to this whole idea of all these stakeholders that are involved in the decision making. Fascinating. I'm, I'm, I'm getting that. You've sold me. You've sold one more copy. I hope you get something for that. <laughs> well, I hope I, there's some sort of royalty and kickback going yeah, back to you. Yeah, that's, okay. yeah, every, that's right. Every author that comes on this show, <laughs> yeah, I get a kickback at the book sold. No. Nope. They, uh, they did a great job writing it. Sells itself, I think. It's, but it's a a lot of very research-based, and yeah, you know, that's I think what sort of separates some of what they write versus a lot of sales books. Even some of my own is, is you know, it's just surveying, surveying, understand their their large enterprise customers that they serve, and digging really deep into what's happening in their process. And then they do a great job laying it out very clearly, and they're good writers, entertaining style. What the challenge is for salespeople. An organization, so it's 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 well worth reading. So, 
uh, yeah, we've got, we've got too many book clubs. Uh, not too, I didn't mean too many, but we had two small book clubs today. So, uh, bonus for people, isn't it? So, getting back briefly to sales leadership. So, last point on this to talk about today is, mm-hmm. is it's, a, it's a trait that you and I both agree is, is really important and valuable for someone who wants to succeed in sales as an individual contributor. But we never see, I never see, have never seen leadership put into a job description for a sales rep position or account exec position. You know, we always get the heroic terms, you know, hunter, closer, or extrovert, aggressive, you know, blah, 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 blah. But we never see leadership. How would you, how would you anticipate that that would show up in a, in a job description for an individual contributor other than without the words leadership in it? Well, what are what are some of the traits? And I'm I'm, I'm asking because I think it's a it's a great observation. Well, what if what if you put in the job description, you know, demonstrated leadership skills? Let's just say, right? Not that that's an optimal term. I think the bigger question is, yeah, how do you how do you screen for it? You know, if you have that in the job description, then you get all these resumes and you start talking to candidates. You narrow some down. Yeah, how do you, how do you and I'm not sort of saying I necessarily have the answer, but how do, how do we, what are the questions we ask to start drawing that out? You know, when I screen for anything, Andy, I see that success leaves tracks. Leadership leaves tracks. I mean, even somebody right out of school, if you look back at their background, you can often see... Um, evidence of leadership based on the extracurricular activities maybe that they were involved in and what their their roles were. Um, so I, I typically dig in a little bit to some of the roles and, and, I, and I look for it. So let's say it's not, I hadn't thought about, le- I actually, I hadn't thought about leadership in the way that you're describing it, although the reason that I probe around leadership is because that often is if, if someone's demonstrated leadership, mm-hmm. it's often a good indicator of future success that I've seen in sales. Somebody that naturally is going to be a bit more proactive. They like that role. They're often a bit more confident. It just translate. It translate well. It mm-hmm. translates well to sales. Mm-hmm. But I haven't thought about it so much in the way that you have been describing today. And it's, it sort of made me rethink how I want to screen and look for it and, and also nurture it in the people who, uh, who work for me and who I work for. Yeah, and as always, we'd be interested in feedback from the listeners of the show. If you, as a sales manager, you've, you've been screening for it, you've been looking for it very consciously, leadership capabilities and so on, and when you're hiring sales candidates – yeah, send us an email. Tell us, tell us what, uh, what you do that works for you. And you can send that to andy at zerotimeselling.com. And we'll talk about it on the air in a future episode. But it is a, I mean, you, you're absolutely right. Success leaves tracks, footprints, whatever you want to say. And yeah, oftentimes you're hiring people that are a little bit uh, new, you know, maybe straight out of school or 
just limited experience. Yeah, there's things that they've done either at school or in their uh, personal lives that, you know, could be something that's a service orientation, uh, some organization that they lead or whatever that, that demonstrate that. And I think I look for, for those things as well. Uh, it's been more conscious over the years. I grew more conscious of being deliberate about looking for it. But, yeah, intuitively sort of want to say, okay, well, what sets this person apart? Oftentimes what sets them apart is things they've done that has, have demonstrated leadership. You know, captain of a sports team, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oftentimes in sales, <laughs> some people are consciously look for people that have athletic experience in college, let's say. But, you know, for me, I always like, well, okay, well, you know, was, was this woman, was she captain of the soccer team? That, to me, is a step up. You know, it's a recognition from the peers of the leadership uh, that this person was providing. And does that carry over into sales and professional lives? I think it's a good indicator. You never guarantee, but it's a great indicator compared to something else. Yeah, it's one signal. It's one signal that is is a. It can definitely be a good sign. I'm I'm in agreement on that one. Okay. Well, good. All right. So, any other thoughts on this point? Otherwise, we're going to wrap up for today. I think that's good. Okay. Otherwise, we can talk about running again. Well, we'll talk about running at the start of the next episode. I'm sure everybody's interested. Actually, yeah, I've got. I've been running a lot, as, as you know. I've got a, some events coming up. We'll talk about that's that next a, time. That's right. That sounds great. All right. So, everybody, again, thanks for listening today. We really appreciate it. We appreciate your participation in the show. Again, if you have any questions, email them to me, Andy, at zerotimeselling.com, and we will be sure to discuss them on the air. And, Bridget, as always, thank you. Uh, likewise, Andy. Have a great day. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guests, visit my website at andypaul.com.